1: I started at Microsoft in the early 90s when the company was 8 percent female and very few of those women were technical. When you look at the gender distribution across big companies, we still don't see, you know, sort of parity. And we certainly don't see parity in terms of
0: management. My name is Espri all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast where we celebrate women in tech around the world. And right now we are in Austin, Texas. I love Austin with Barbary, a champion of women in tech in this city. Hello, Barbary. Hi, it's great to be here. Great to be here too. So you were my first touch point with the Austin Tech community. We talked at 10.30 at night on I think the night that I arrived or something like that. That Yeah, you were pretty wild. Yeah, so go ahead, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and then walk us through how you ended up here as a leader in the tech scene. Sure.
1: Um, so I'm the chief marketing officer of a company called Funware. Um, we're a um, small to mid-sized enterprise company that does an enterprise platform for mobile. And we offer all sorts of services and software and solutions that go along with that. We're also about to go public um, through a SPAC or a uh, merger with a blank check company. And um, so very exciting. And we um, we're also launching um, the first ever cryptocurrency utility token uh, created by a U.S.-based enterprise company. So we are breaking ground in the cryptocurrency space as well.
0: Can you tell me more about who Funware serves and how they serve that community?
1: Sure. Funware produces an enterprise cloud platform for mobile that is a set of SDKs, solutions, services, data, audience creation and monetization for Fortune 5000 brands. Um, We've been in the business for 10 years and we really help brands develop great and enriching mobile experiences, wayfinding experiences, location-based experiences, all on mobile um, with the the idea that they will build a better, more monetizable and more engaging and more delightful relationship with their consumers.
0: Awesome. And when did you first – Fall in love with technology. Did you have technology at home growing up? So I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit too old to have really had technology
1: at home growing up. Um, that was sort of back in the day of Atari computers. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, I fell in love with technology when I went to work at Microsoft. I didn't even realize that a tech career would be something I'd want to pursue. And I kind of fell into it. I got my first job in my twenties at Microsoft. As a um, as an editor on the very one of the very first CD-ROM products out there, um, and very quickly learned that I had an aptitude for technology, for project management, for program management. Got a great mentor, learned to learn to write some code, and I was kind of off to the races. And it was the most fascinating thing I'd done with the most incredible collection of people from great backgrounds. So it just really sort of piqued my interest and kept my mind journeying.
0: And how did you find the city of Austin? Are Uh, you from here? No, I'm not from here.
1: Um, My two best friends from college moved to Austin. Um... Gosh, I want to say thirty years ago now, and um, when I lived in Seattle for seventeen years, I'd come down here to get warm and dry.
0: It and is definitely
1: warm. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a little it's a little warmer than usual today. But you know, Seattle is known for its beautiful scenery and for its gray skies. And I'd come down here, and Austin wasn't nearly anything that it is today. Um, there was literally nothing downtown except for the Capitol and a few office buildings. And I just loved it. I loved the people. I loved the food. Um, I've had favorite restaurants here for more than 20 years, and I've always known that I wanted to be in Austin at some point in my career. Just wasn't able to make it happen until sort of the second half of my career.
0: What do you love about the Austin Tech community and specifically how does Austin help push women forward?
1: Oh, that's interesting. So what I love about the Austin Tech community is really closely aligned to what I love about Austin, period. So there's this remarkable heart to the community I mean, I would classify us as a tier three tech community just mm-hmm. for, like, you know, just for example, um, Austin tech headquarter companies deliver about 24 billion in revenue to Austin's bottom line. That's less than one-third of what Microsoft produces with the same number of employees. So we're not a huge tech market, but we're a tech market with a lot of heart. And we have this really robust, small to mid-size enterprise space, especially in the enterprise plumbing and guts piece that we play really successfully in. Um, we have – we're batshit crazy. Can I say batshit crazy? Yeah. yeah. It's we're, a podcast. We're, <laughs> we're batshit crazy about um, innovation and startups here. Um, we're turning into one of the premier hubs of thought leadership on uh, cryptocurrency and the blockchain. Um, so I-, I think people just have a real sort of like spirit of innovation here. Um, you know, and I think that that serves us well from a how we support and grow women um, in tech here, you know. If you sort of look around the community, we have a lot of badass thought leaders um, who are women in tech. Um, and we have some really impressive female CEOs and founders, um, you know, folks like Jean-Ann Booth, who's doing this really cool, like, smartwatch for right. for the elderly. Um, women like Julia Cheek, who, you know, is the CEO and founder of Everly Well. You know, Autumn Manning, who is, um, you know— has a company called You Earned It that she founded. That's you know that's all about HR software and HR optimization, um, you know. And then we have a whole bunch of women who are sort of in in mid career. Um, and I think that Texas has this reputation for um, for allowing big voices and big personalities to flourish. And and so I think it's a really great place for women in tech because very you know you have an opportunity to express your opinion. And there are other places that I've lived where that's just not the case. And your
0: day-to-day now, what does that look like?
1: So I am just seven weeks into um, my new role. So I'm still sort of figuring it out. But I manage the marketing team. I manage the design team. Um, By the time you go live with this, I'll be managing the product management team as well. And I'm. It's a lot of managing. It's a lot of managing. That is not fun. (laughs) You know what? I kind of like it. It's... Here's the thing about managing people is that you can look at it as sort of, you know, like going to meetings and pushing paper. But really what it is is it's this sort of sacred trust where you have the ability to clear the shit out of the way so that people can get their jobs done and be effective Mm -hmm. and so that you have an opportunity to allow people to grow and flourish and you know, also at that level, you're able to sort of see the business holistically and understand what it needs, what it's good at, what it needs to get better at, um, and and sort of analyze the business and 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 the prospects and make sure that you've sort of fine tuned the team to delivering business results as well as working with people to help them develop their uh, you know their careers right. um in a way that serves both their professional desires as well as their personal needs so when
0: when did you first learn about management because it's such a i mean obviously it's such a pivotal part of a company growing and it's also the most annoying part <laughs> i think so When did you first learn out of being a, an effective manager um i think i learned at microsoft
1: so it's someone who was sort of my my era at Microsoft wrote a book. Her name is um, Julie Bick, and I believe the title is Everything I L- Needed to Know About Management I Learned at Microsoft, or it's something like that. And and it's it's kind of insightful. I mean, Microsoft has great like management development and training programs, and there's a lot of emphasis on a very precise way to. To get better in your role and get better in roles that you might be interested in, and yeah. and I think that that notion of managing people, like managing myself and then managing my team right. to um, to to optimization, is just something that came naturally to me. Um, and then I got great training inadvertently.
0: And what's a huge obstacle that you've successfully overcome, and how did you overcome it? What did you learn from it? <laughs> It's a podcast, right? Yeah. Having a vagina.
1: (laughs) You know, it's – elaborate. No, I mean, look, I started at Microsoft in the early 90s um, when the company was 8 percent female and very few of those women were technical. And it's – when you look at the gender distribution across big companies, um, we still don't see, you know, sort of parity and we certainly don't see parity in terms of management. Right. So it's – Anytime you look different, act different, smell differently, you know, think different from the way that the majority does, you've got an uphill battle. Um, You know, homogeneity doesn't welcome – you know, open its arms to welcome something that will stir the pot and anything that isn't homogeneous will stir the pot. Um, So so the process of, you know, being a woman and climbing up the career ladder – Um, and having my voice heard on a continuous basis in largely male-dominated and sometimes hostile work environments Mm -hmm. um, has, you know, that's a big effort. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, I could say, well, you know, learning digital marketing or, you know, learning to write code or learning, it could be something tactical like that. But no, I mean, the biggest obstacle to women being successful in
0: tech and climbing the ladder is still the fact that yeah. we're women? Would you say the the language of business, like how would you describe the language of business?
1: Oh, I say the language of business is largely masculine,
0: and is that okay with you? Um, I it's something that I've learned
1: to work in. I, I think that it's interesting because the language of business is masculine, and the language of human resources is feminine, right? Um, and I think that um, I think that there's a good balance of both required in a great manager, which is you have to require you you have to have an ability to get shit done um and to to give really clean and direct feedback. But you also have to do it respectfully and kindly. Right. Um and so I see that as a balance of what we traditionally call masculine and feminine. Right. Um but most of the women I know who are senior executives have, you know, some some balance of what we would conventionally consider to be um, masculine characteristics. Right. Um, so, you know, I hope at some point we just get to the point where we say it's leadership characteristics as opposed oh, to – I love that. The language you know. of leadership. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I think the language of leadership is, is is one of radical candor where you're direct and you're not afraid to have – sort of important scary conversations and and you can feel safe yeah. um, when you have them and you create an environment where others can feel safe having those yeah. conversations with you.
0: I love that. I've never heard like the language of leadership. I, I like that a lot more. I don't have a problem with the word masculine. I, I perceive it differently, but I think the word leadership could be used in the same way and it's a lot more empowering. And yeah. I like that it's gender neutral and yeah. it's not, yeah. Like I don't associate... Uh, a masculine language with actually male I I do I associated with how you said um being assertive communi- communicating what you desire all that and I think the word leadership really embodies that that's really nice um and what I mean you're so connected here in the Austin Tech community is that something that you intentionally set out to do did that just happen over time on having so many tech roles you gathered this large network um
1: I don't yeah I actually did intentionally set out to do it and then I had a job that allowed me to do it professionally. Right.
0: Um,
1: so I moved to Austin for love. Love did not work out, but Austin did. <laughs> so so I guess you could say love worked out. Yeah. I finally landed, you know, I finally landed in the city of my dreams. Right. And in the process of moving here and giving up my consulting business in Los Angeles, I basically talked to every lawyer, every money person, I could say money guy because they're yeah. all guys, yeah. um, and and sort of every big into the technology community in town. Right. And I have a resume that sort of inclines people to want to sit down and talk to me. Um, but I wasn't getting the sort of traction that I was looking for. Right. And at the same time, I was thinking, well, so Austin's going to be my home for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I want to make sure that I'm involved civically and I get a really good purview of what's going on in the tech community and what's going on in the community as a general rule because I want to be – I'm at the point in my life where I really want to be a contributor right. to to creating a better life for everybody who lives in – you know, lives in Austin. Right. And, you know, you talk you talk about people sort of visualizing what they want to do and – And I didn't know that I was visualizing being CEO of the Austin Technology Council, but an opportunity to interview for that role landed in my lap. And I was clear after the first conversation with one of our board members that it was the right job for me. Mm -hmm. And he subsequently said that he was, you know, he got off the phone with me and was like, yep, that's our CEO. Right. Um, And so I was CEO of the ATC for almost two and a half years, and it's the largest. Technology Industry Association in Texas. It's one of the largest in the country. And it just gave me an opportunity to, like, sit on the board of the chamber and to get involved with the Austin Forum on Technology and Society and to get involved with the Downtown Austin Alliance as well as really get an understanding of what the strengths and weaknesses of our tech industry here are. And, you know, I just developed this remarkable network as a result of it. Um,
0: How does Austin Tech differ from L.A. Tech, do you think? Um...
1: Wow. Or has it been too long? No, no. It's not been too long. I mean so much of LA Tech is about commerce and retail and the consumer and entertainment and it's really all very sort of consumer related. I mean there's some enterprise stuff there. But even in that, it's it's enterprise as it relates to the consumer experience or enterprise as it relates to the, um, the end user customer experience. And um, so there's that. And, and we're just beginning to sort of, you know, develop an expertise in consumer here. Funware's one of those companies that does it, which is why I was so attracted to Funware. Um, you know, the other thing is I think our companies are generally smaller. Um, we don't have the sort of gigantic exits that you see like – you know, price grabber was a huge exit for yeah. Cameron Um, You know, Brian Lee and yeah. what he's done with all of his companies—just remarkable. Um, right. So you don't see exits of that size. Um, you know, we don't have any big behemoths like a Snapchat. Right. Um, so, so it's just, it's just really different. But it's all a matter of time.
0: Yeah. Because being part of the LA tech culture from the beginning, I can see how the Austin culture could become. L.A. within probably – I mean it took L.A. from about uh, – like hardcore from about 2012 to now, mm-hmm. which is approximately six years. So I imagine now it would be an even shorter time. So somewhere between three to six years, or I mean three to five years for Austin to be in the same place.
1: I think you're absolutely right in terms of the, the amount of time and how close we are to the precipice of yeah. that. But I also think that we have to want it and mm, I think that there is um, – like – and, and this is not to say that Austin isn't driven and isn't passionate right. about what it does, but right. – um, we're also a town that really loves its lifestyle. Yes, and which I love about Austin. I, I know, I know. So it's it's and and people really are thoughtful about work life balance here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having lived in LA for quite some time, I would say that there is um, that it's more of a work work balance <laughs> rather it than is. a work life balance. It
0: is. It's so true. I didn't even think about that here. Yeah. It's funny because Austin is almost the perfect. Combination of Los Angeles and both islands in New Zealand. Isn't that true? I've never. It's thought so of it. true. I've Cause always people in New Zealand do not like to work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and I've always thought like, and I'm here in Austin, and there are so many like moments in yeah. Austin where I'm walking around, and I feel like kind of feel like I'm in West L.A. or, you yeah. know, I feel like I'm in the Valley or I feel like yeah. or I feel like I'm in the O.C. Yeah. Um, so there are so many things that are familiar. And I think mm-hmm. that a shift from Austin to L.A. is really easy for or a shift from L.A. to Austin is yeah. really easy.
0: Yeah. Um, I wouldn't want Austin to become L.A. because I think having time, like experiencing the beautiful nature and making time for yourself is important to being an effective leader. And if you take that away, like I think a lot lot of people in L.A. are really miserable because they're working too much and not living at all. And so I like that people in Austin really love their lives, at least the people I've met. It looks like people are full of joy for the most part here, the culture.
1: They are. And and I think this goes back to, you know, what I said about the unique heart that Austin has. And you know what? I'll even sort of boast about Texas here. Right. uh, There's a really unique heart to Texas as well. And when I think about the places that I've lived before, Seattle, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Denver, um, and I think about what would happen and how would the community respond if there was an event like Hurricane Harvey. Right. And and everybody would rally. But the way they'd rally would be different. Mm. Um, There's just – there's something really remarkable about the sense of community in this – Big red states, right? You know, and we're the blueberry, yeah. the progressive blueberry in the middle of the tomato soup. Yeah, um, and 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 I think Austin is so reflective of that, like the big heart of Texas, yeah. and then there's this big heart of progressivism, yeah. um, and innovation, and and just a love of fun. Um, that we have here that's really remarkable I know I love it
0: I want to live both here and LA so um, before we wrap up what are your favorite software or app or tools or the whole gamut personal or professional what's your go to um,
1: well so because we've just entered the cryptocurrency business I'm now obsessed with telegram and I think it's a great communication tool and we actually use it for our executive team um, so so I'm 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 fond of that, (laughs) you know. I'm a um, I look at real estate porn a lot. (laughs) Um, So so for me, you know, anything that has to do with real estate um, or home remodeling is 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 something that I love. So I have you know like. You name it. I have Zillow. I have Redfin. I have Realtor.com. I have I, – and I look at them all the time. That's it's awesome. like my idea of, of
0: – you know, <laughs> Of entertainment. <laughs> of entertainment. of like me and Kitchen Gadgets. Yeah. Uh, and your favorite book, professional or personal or both? So the one I'm having everyone on the
1: team read right now is Radical Candor. Um, I like I love that one. I also like um, Fierce Conversations. And um, I haven't started reading Creative Inc., but everybody has told me I need to read that nice so.
0: and we'll include them all all in the show notes anything that you wanted to share that you haven't yet shared
1: Austin's a great place to live <laughs>
0: And, and many, many old time Austinites would say don't move here and I would say
1: please move here and let's just make this an even better place to live.
0: And I get why they would say don't move here. You get these cool um, billboards that say like stay kind and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the more people that move here, it's going to be so hard to maintain this beautiful culture that you have. I don't know. I think people get sucked in.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm I, sucked I think, in. I think what happens is that you move here with the intention that you're going to bring all your big city ways to yeah. Austin, Texas. I mean, and we're not a small city, right? But, right. But and and you wind up getting sucked into this sort of totally. like you know beauty of the community. Totally. Um, and it just changes your heart. Totally.
0: You guys, when you purchase something here, like in a restaurant, the server or whatever, everybody, a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people end it with "I appreciate you." I have never heard that before. Just "I appreciate you." I'm like hell yeah, like. I love that I feel so loved right now I know. It's and it's amazing. true yeah. it's true they it's do awesome. appreciate you um, where can people connect with you online um, I'm at Barbary on Twitter can you spell it? Um, it's yes, at B-A-R-B-A-R-Y. Cool. Thank you so much, Barbary, for one, being supportive of women in tech, jumping on a phone call with me immediately when I got to Austin, and just being a part of the Women in Tech podcast. If you guys want to connect more with extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at VIP.com. That's VIP.com. Say hello on social, at Women in Tech Show on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye.
1: This is Barbary Brunner, Chief Marketing Officer of Funware here in Austin, Texas, and we create great experiences for brands and their consumers. And you're listening to Women in Tech.
0: Impact Hub here in Austin, Texas, has been our home. We want to give a huge thanks to making it possible for us to comfortably meet and interview several inspiring women in tech. They have the most collaborative workspace, incredible events, beautiful design, a hammock in their backyard. What? It's an incredible space. You have to check it out if you're in Austin. Thank you so much for being a part of the Women in Tech journey. Be sure to go to impacthubaustin.com to get your free day of co-working. I want to give a huge thanks to the team at SpyCloud. SpyCloud protects your employee and customer information from breaches and account takeovers. Try SpyCloud's early warning breach detection platform. SpyCloud made it possible for us to meet with several women in tech here in Austin, Texas, and I am so thankful that they have been part of the Women in Tech podcast journey. Get protected today by going to spycloud.com. That's S-P-Y-C-L-O-U-D.com. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love. Linked in the show notes.